there. Wow, there's a lot of people sitting in the room. Y'all aren't ready for me. I'm sorry. Um, Rick stands right there. I told him yesterday, that's just going to hold my, my, uh, my tissue and my, my uh, Bible. I got to move. I hope you're okay with that. I got to introduce myself. VW did a great job. I got the longest title of a job in anything in the world. I am the assistant to the superintendent in the Mid-Atlantic District of the Christian Missionary Alliance, and that's all that fits on my business card. All that is is fancy word to say, I work at a regional office with a denomination called the Christian Missionary Alliance, and I happen to deal with Virginia, Maryland, D.C., and Delaware. That's not why I'm here. Uh, um, if you know why I'm here, it's because Kathy is back there, and I came to see Kathy. No, that's just a bonus. Uh, but the other bonus is last night I got to go down to Lexington with Aunt Ellen and got me some Lexington barbecue. That is the reason I'm here. <laughs> they don't have that in Maryland. They try. Now, the, the uh, reason I'm here is because back in the 1970s and 1980s, my dad was the pastor of Faith Church in Midway. And I served and I grew up at Faith Church. And when anybody asked me, because my dad's a pastor and, you know, we didn't stay anywhere that long. So what do you call home? Pastor's kids, missionary kids, what do you call home? I call Winston-Salem home. I, just so you know, I graduated from North Davidson Senior High, 1984. Now you can figure out how old I am. Uh, from that. And I was happy to have done so. Went to Tacoa Falls Bible College because that was a part of the denomination and that was in Georgia, though I did look at Piedmont. We came up here and played Piedmont in basketball. And I'm happy to say my four years at, at Tacoa, my four and a half, I squeezed that, that four-year plan into four and a half. My four and a half years there, we did beat Piedmont every time we played basketball. That was just then. I don't know what it's become now, and I don't want to know. You know, y'all still might. And that's not Piedmont anymore, is it? It's Carolina. They changed the name of everything. I came down and just started looking around as a part of this, and they changed the name of everything on me while I was gone. I've been gone for 20-whatever years, and, and they changed the names of everything. But you know what? There's nothing like coming home. So, when uh, I, I did this very same thing, very similar thing with Faith Church a couple of years ago, and so when Caleb got in touch with me and said, would you be willing to come? I said, absolutely. This, this is something that's important. By the way, I have it right here. I, some of you are in the room today just because just of this. You're, 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 this is what you're here for, right? And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is we ain't to that yet. I'm going to lay that back there and everybody take a deep breath because I'm going to preach and we're going to have a good time, all right? I won't be that exciting. I just did that for, for show. Um, but when Caleb asked, when the, when the search team asked, I said, I would be glad to come. And, and they said, well, how much do you charge to do this? I said, whatever the survey is, and you pay me to get there because I like coming home to help my friends. So I'm not, there's no charge for this. We're just helping churches out. We're having a good time together. And yesterday, I want you to know you have some amazing leaders. And I'll unpack everything about that. But we just had a good time in the room, some hard conversation, some good conversation, some hard conversation. And I didn't have it. They did. I just asked questions. There are a couple of things I said hard. The, the, there's a video of it. You can go back and watch it. There's a couple of things I said hard. 
But other than that, uh, we, we just had a good time. You got some great leaders. Now, before we can talk about a survey, which is more of a man-made thing, can we talk a little bit about Jesus? And more, more so today, can we, can we talk about the Holy Spirit? Now, I don't want you to get nervous, all right? I am not going to preach about the gifts of the Spirit. So everybody take a deep breath. We're going to talk about the Spirit and the work of the Spirit. And we're going to do that through the entire Bible. For those of you who are guests in the room, I'm a guest in the room. All right? So um, I don't know what the usual procedure is. We got some slides, and we'll work our way through those slides. Um, but, I mean, I don't—they said I could go to, what, 12, 15, 1 o'clock, and then we'll do the meeting? Is that, oh, no? <laughs> you, should, you should see Caleb's face. He said, no, I said 20 minutes. I said 20 minutes. And then VW said, VW said 30. VW was willing to give me 30 minutes. Caleb said 20, and I, I got 30. And so I, the time doesn't start till now, though, just so we're clear. It was so fun to find how your history, my history just overlapped, and the people sitting in the room knew who I knew. I mean, Caleb, Katie, no, Aunt Ellen. Uh, my, my, where's Dwayne? My daughter was, was served as, a, as an RA at Liberty underneath Dwayne. We didn't even know that until we got in the room together. God does just weird things. Just weird things. So if we're going to start and talk about the Holy Spirit, I guess we probably ought to open the Bible. That's what we got to do. Everything's got to go back to that. I'm not ever going to shy away from that. We are going to go right back to the Bible. And actually, we're going to start in verse 1 of the entire Bible. Is that fair? Because believe it or not, in verse 1 and 2, the Spirit is actually mentioned, and his, his work is actually mentioned in verse 1 and 2. So it says this, and I'm reading from the New International Version, and that is the version that we put on the screen. That's just what I'm reading from. You might have a different version, but it'll be very close, okay? It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. See right there, verse 2, Spirit of God is hovering. We've got to start, though, back with a different word. You see, we get caught up a little bit. We know what was taking place in verse 1. Verse 1 was creation. And you've got to understand a little bit, I am not, I, we, we said, it, said it yesterday. Some folks in the room, I, we, we knew similar folks down in the Virginia Beach area, and there's one pastor that stands up in the Virginia Beach area with his Greek New Testament, and he preaches from the Greek New Testament. That is not me, folks. Uh, I, pre I, I preach from the Winston-Salem New Testament, all right? It's the Ira version, <laughs> whatever, whatever. And I, I can read as far as what the, the Greek scholars are saying, and I can make application. And what we know about the word created is this, is God caused something to happen out of nothing. Uh, the, the idea that the theologians would tell us is it was out of nothing, ex nihilo, nihilo, however you want to pronounce that Greek people in the room. I'm not, I just said it. God created, as we know, something out of nothing. Another way to translate that, another way theologians are looking at that, because I don't want to lose everybody immediately, is this. Because you don't understand nothingness. I don't understand nothingness. If I were to ask you to close your eyes and just think of nothing, do you know what you would do? You would immediately start going, it's dark in here. What am I having for lunch? You, you don't know nothingness. You were born into something, and, and there is no understanding that we as human beings have of nothingness. But another way to translate it is chaos out of the chaos, out of the disorder. Now, I understand chaos. I got four kids. 
you understand chaos? You work in a place where there's chaos. You live in a family that's chaos. All of it, my, my two brothers and their spouses and my mom and dad just got together. Um, and it was mom and dad's 60th wedding anniversary. By the way, they're probably watching. Happy anniversary again, mom. Uh, and dad, I got to include you on that too. Um, they're probably watching because that's the way they are. They spy on me a lot. Uh, when they got together, there was chaos. We went to a restaurant and, and they, were, they wanted to say nice, ushy, gushy things. And I don't know about you, but chaos happens when I start crying. I cry and I cry ugly. So I, I left the room. We're in a restaurant. I left the room. All of a sudden, I had to use the facilities because I understand chaos. You understand chaos, not a chaos God created. But it didn't just happen that way. You got to remember verse 2 is still there. Verse 2 is still a part of the creation story. Because here's what we understand about the Holy Spirit. is it says the Spirit was hovering over the deep, right? You, you understand the word hovering? Even in the Greek, you kind of understand that. Well, actually, you might not. Um, my Aunt Ellen that I went to go and have dinner with last night, she raises chickens. She's out in Midway. They, they still have chickens out in Midway. Y'all might not hear around the church, but out in Midway, they still have chickens. And the idea of the word hovering is, is actually a beautiful word if you think about chickens. I know you didn't come to church today to think about chickens other than what you're having for lunch, but stay with me for just a second. You see, the idea of hovering is this idea of, of brooding over. It's not just that, oh, it just was there like a cloud hovering in the, in the sky. It, it, the Spirit was brooding over the environment. And a, a, a hen, when their eggs were brood over that over that nest of eggs so that the best environment for life to come out of will come out of it so that the eggs will hatch, right? Without the brooding hen, now we got technology, you can put an incubator, I know, but without the brooding hen in nature, you will not have life coming for the sake of chickens. You follow me? Now let's make a spiritual application with chickens and the Holy Spirit. I don't like comparing Jesus and the Spirit to different things, but I'm sorry. This is the best picture I can give you. The best picture is this. The Holy Spirit and the act of creation was brooding over the deep and creating an environment so that life could, creation could come out. Isn't that an amazing thought? The Spirit was active in creation by hovering out of nothing. The Spirit helped life come. You follow me? You're with me. I need to know you're with me. Okay. That's not where the Spirit's work ends. And believe it or not, that's not where His hovering ends. If you want to jump to the New Testament, let's talk about a different kind of life, a different kind of hovering. We're going to go to the book of John. I believe it is chapter 6. Is that what I got? Yeah, John chapter 6. It would help if I changed my notes every now and then and turned the page, but I didn't do that. So 
If you walk through John chapter 6, you'll, you'll have this amazing story. You can look on the screen. Jesus feeds 5,000 at the beginning of it. Jesus walks on water, the middle of it. Jesus goes into this long description of how he is the bread of life. And then he says something really hard because he starts equating himself to bread and says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And all of a sudden, everybody in the room said, that's disgusting. Let's not talk like that. That's, that's Winston-Salem version. In essence, they said, hey, this is a hard thing. I don't know that I can understand that. What do you mean by that? Let's not talk like that, Jesus. That's, that's really what the Bible says. But to me, what it said was, that's kind of disgusting. Let's not talk like that. Because, because to eat somebody's flesh and drink somebody's blood, that is just not what I want to do. And so then we walk right in, <laughs> right into the very next thought is, well, at, at that thought, many of the disciples, verse 60, many of the disciples deserted Jesus. And, and then there's this amazing three or four verses that follow. Just listen to, to verses 60 and, and the following. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The spirit, whoa, wait a second. We were talking about eating bread and Jesus' flesh, and now all of a sudden Jesus starts into the spirit stuff, right? Just out of nowhere, just boom, he hits you with it. He says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, what are they? They are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. And he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. All right, so Ira application. In order for a person who doesn't know Jesus and believe in Jesus... To come to know Jesus, this passage of Scripture is saying that the Father has to enable. As much as we want it to be an Ira thing, God has to enable us to come to him. And the verses right in front of that say, the Spirit gives life. Now see, salvation is not just a Jesus thing. Salvation is something that happens with Jesus because of his sacrifice, his atoning work, what he did for us on the cross and the resurrection. It happens with the Spirit, believe it or not, brooding over you, making it able for the Father to enable you to come. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Now, here again, I've got to say to you, salvation is a brand new life. It is something out of nothing. It is something out of chaos. It's not, it's not that you were good and, and then all of a sudden you're great, right? It's not that, that you were a little bit of a sinner, but now you're not a sinner anymore. It is you come into fellowship, understanding, forgiveness of your sins, of who Jesus is, and a new life is created in you by the Spirit, and the Spirit is then in you. You follow, follow me? Life. 
new life out of nothing. There's nothing you can do. You can't make it happen. You can't will it to happen. You can't live better to make it happen. You can't pay enough in tithes and offerings to make it happen. You can't sacrifice enough. You can't serve enough. It is a work of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in your life. And it's life. It's not you on steroids. It's not you better. It's new life. So, so we started with the Spirit at creation, hovering and enabling for there to be new life in creation. And then we've moved now to say, wait a second, the Spirit's not done. He still has the ability to hover, even though this is a sinful world. Even this, I, Look, I was downtown Winston-Salem at the Mellow Mushroom on Friday night at 7 o'clock. It's a sinful world, I'm just saying. Have you been down here? It's wonderful. I loved it. Isn't that terrible? I was sitting there eating pizza at the Mellow Mushroom outside on, what is it, was it 4th or 5th Street? I don't know. It's just a, it's, a, it's a half mile from here. Go there. It's great pizza. Anyway, we were sitting there, and I was just, we were just awed. As I'm sitting there, this, every age walked by me. Every age. 7 to 8 o'clock at night on a Friday night in downtown Winston-Salem. Every ethnicity. E- did you hear me? Every ethnicity walked by me. It was a wonderful thing. Every belief system, every culture, half mile that way. Is that right? That way? That way? Which That way. So it's over there. Yeah. Everything is right over there. It's a sinful world. And Jesus died for them. Right? The Spirit is hovering right now over this region to bring life. And he's begging for the opportunity to bring new life. It's right here. Right here. Not done with the Spirit, though, yet. Because he's not done. I love the fact that it just keeps getting better and better and more and more. You see, the next passage of Scripture, <laughs> next passage of scripture takes us into the Corinthian side of things, I believe is what I put up on the, the screen. I hope I did, because that's where I'm going. What did I put up? Ah, yeah, 2 Corinthians 3. I'm glad. See, these guys are amazing up there. They can make it happen even if that's not what I said was going next. You know what I'm saying? I sent them the slides and then I didn't even you know, bring my slides up here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is an amazing passage of Scripture because it talks more and more about the Spirit. And I just want to hit a couple of the highlights. And actually, I did bring my slides up here. So let me tell you what highlights I brought not that one we already preached on that. Not that one we already preached on that. Not that one. That's just a blank one. What did I say about the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, there it is. Have I, have I bored you yet? Okay, just checking. It's a beautiful thing. Verse 3. It's the first of the slides I want you to see. Verse 3. Of chapter 3, if you're following along and you want to open your Bible to it. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. You see, right here, what we're finding out 
is that when Paul would go from place to place to place to place, he would have to take with him a letter of introduction, which is why I kind of started the way I did, because I wanted you to know that I'm a, I'm a homegrown Winston-Salem boy. And there, you had to go with a letter of introduction. And, and, and when you had the right letter of introduction, then you could just walk in, you could start preaching at the church. That's what, that, that's what you do. You start teaching, you start preaching, you had the right letter of introduction. And Paul's saying, hey, it's not, it's not the letter that's written on the tablet that made any difference at all in my life. He's saying it's the, it's the letter that's been written by the Spirit, and it's on your heart. He, he, he goes on to say, he's made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. He's saying, there's this spiritual thing that's happening is when you come to know Jesus, for whatever reason, I'm connected to you because I helped you come to know Jesus and you are my letter of introduction. And not only that, you know what? Paul's the greatest preacher that ever lived. I, I would never endure his sermons. I'm just telling you because he says some ugly things when he writes his, his letters to the, to the different churches he writes to. They're hard to listen to. I mean, he was a, he's a preacher. I mean, he, he just said, stop doing this and start doing that. But he was the greatest preacher to ever live. But you know what he says in verse 6? It's the Spirit that gives me competence. It's the Spirit that is giving me the ability to do what I need to do. It's, it's the Spirit that is enabling me to do what has to happen. The, the people that stood up here at the front that we prayed over, great group of leaders. They, they have gifts and skills that are absolutely amazing. But do you know what's going to make them successful in doing what they need to do? You praying that the Spirit will enable them. The Spirit has to give them competence. The Spirit has to en enable them. The Spirit has to hover over them and, and bring life out of chaos. I'm, church, this is, this is kind of a, a segue. It's both places, right? right? The, the report back there and the message up here. Hey, there's some chaos. It's all right. Let's recognize the chaos. We're sitting in some chaos right now. Spirit's still here. Spirit's still hovering. Spirit's still able to bring life. Spirit's still able to give competency. Spirit's still able to connect us as we lead people to Jesus. The Spirit is still able to say, I'm with you, you're with me. We're, we're in this together. We're not by ourselves. The Spirit is still able to do that work. Other verses of chapter 3 are also amazing. Like 7 and 8. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letter of stone, came with glory, so that Israelites could not <laughs> look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory, trans transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be more glorious? Let me just highlight this verse. I, I got, boy, they put a timer on me. I got six minutes, 50 seconds. I, I, that's all right. We, we'll get there. This passage, this part of this passage, you go home and read this. Please go home and read this. Paul is now saying, you know, Moses, when he went and got the commandments, his face started glowing. And then uh, when he came down, the people were a little afraid of the glowing that was taking place, so he had to wear a veil. And now he's saying, okay, if that was amazing, you haven't seen anything yet because the spirit that caused Moses to glow in this very temporary way is living inside of you and is in you to transform you today 
today. That spirit, want, okay, this is just going to freak you out. That spirit wants to make you glow like Moses did. Now, I'm going to see if I can do it. Am I glowing? Yes. Not yet. Okay. That's because it's the work of the Spirit. It's the work of the Spirit. I, 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 how can I say this? The Spirit hovers and enables life to come out of chaos and nothingness. It's the Spirit that hovers and, and in his hovering enables the Father to bring about everything. I, I'm going to jump on, guys, just so you know, the, the next several verses. We can talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I know that there's some in this room that believes that, that the gifts uh, of the supernatural version have ceased, and that's great. We're going to agree together on, on exactly what I'm going to say. I don't want to freak you out. There are some in this room who believe the gifts, all of them are still for today. That's okay. We're going to get along. We're, we're going to share in this together because no matter which of those versions you believe, you need to understand that it's the Spirit that gives the gifts. Out of nothing. There is, there is no gift that the Spirit gives that is just an enhancement of who you are. It is out of nothing a gift to you. That's the idea. Here, you don't have this. Now let me give this to you. That's the idea. The Spirit hovers and gives gifts. Let's jump off the gifts because I know I freaked somebody out already. Okay, so let's jump off the gifts and let's just talk about the fruit of the Spirit. I'd like for all of you right now to make yourself fruitful. Can't do it. I Just like I can't glow, you can't become fruitful. The fruit of the Spirit, and notice it's singular, not plural. All of it's supposed to be coming about. That whole list is supposed to be coming about in our lives. But you know how it comes about? It comes about by the Spirit hovering and doing the work in our lives. So the Spirit hovers in creation. The Spirit hovers in the idea of salvation. The Spirit hovers in my day-to-day -day life, my competencies, my understanding of who I am and how I operate today. The Spirit operates and hovers for the sake of me having gifts and abilities. The Spirit hovers for me to have fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, suffering, all this, all, all this stuff. And none of it is just you on steroids. All of it is out of nothingness. All of it is the work of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to close, but I'm going to close ugly so you know. All right? <laughs> I try to warn you. You don't have to let the Spirit do anything. That's the, that's the sad but amazing part of everything past creation. The Spirit can hover over you and cause new life to come about, or you can say no. The Spirit can hover over you and want to give you gifts, and you can say, you know what, I really don't want, to, I really don't want a gift. The Spirit can hover over you and, and say, I want to help you in your competencies to be the best that you can be in today's world, and you can say, you know what, I'm going to do it on my own. I don't need it. God created us with the ability to choose. So church, you can choose to allow the Spirit to bring something out of chaos, personally or collectively, or you can choose to not allow Him to. 
He's still going to hover. He's still hovering right here. And the question that is an applicable question is, where are you? Obviously, we can't go back to creation, but let's come forward. Are you at the place where you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior and allowed him to forgive you of your sins and to create new life in you? Okay, I've done that, Ira. Uh, have you said, Lord Jesus, in my gifts, skills, and abilities, my competencies, the way I am at work and the way I am at home, I just need you to help. H have you said, Lord Jesus, the Spirit wants to bring about these gifts, this fruit, and I, I want those things. I allow you to begin that work in my life. You, you have the choice. We're going to end like this. The worship team, as soon as I start praying, the worship team's going to move. Okay, it's okay. I'm giving them permission to move while I pray. All right? And we're going to sing a song. And if you want to receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you want to ask for forgiveness and allow the new life to happen in you, I'm just going to ask you to come take a, a seat somewhere up here or come stand and elders, deacons, pastoral staff, whoever you are, if you'll just, if somebody walks up, would you go pray with them? Lead them to Jesus. If you know, you have said, ah, I don't want the Spirit to do anything. I just want salvation, that's it. And I, I don't want the Lord in my life other than that. And you're like, ah, you know what, Spirit? I really, I want you to work in my competencies. I, I want you to work in my everyday life. I want you to work and make me glow. I want you to give me whichever of the gifts, whichever of the fruit. How, I, I just want that. Then the same invitation is here. Come take a place at the front and somebody will come pray. That, and, and those that are praying, just ask one thing. Why are you up front today? What can I pray for? And if it's for salvation, lead them in a prayer of salvation. If, it, if it's for the idea of allowing the Spirit to, to have all the freedom in the life to create, then just pray, Lord Jesus. We just, we just ask you to open up so that this person can, can really experience the hovering spirit today creating life. Does that make, is that fair? Is that a fair thing for me to ask of? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. Father, thank you. Spirit, we recognize you. Now, we're asking, Father, if there's anyone that doesn't know you, hasn't entered into a relationship with you, would you give them the strength? And it takes so much strength. Would you give them the strength to respond? And then, Father, uh, it takes a lot of strength to say, you know what, I let you in my life, but that was it. So would you enable the person that is just struggling, would you enable them, Father, to the work of the Spirit to have the strength to say, I open up, I want the fruit I want the competencies. I, I want the gifts. Father, if no one responds, that's okay. That means this is a great place and we're good. We ask you as we sing this song to move. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.